0: I want to see a show of hands again about how many of you experience summertime as a season of rest. Some, not all, maybe. Any any take summer vacations, have time off? I imagine if we had our live stream up this morning, there might be more than a couple folks who'd be joining us from their vacations, perhaps. Okay, so here's another question. What, for you, counts as rest? What do you do to help you get to that place where you can feel rested and relaxed and to leave your time away or whatever feeling rejuvenated and centered and ready to move back into normal life again? Let's hear a few answers to that. Yes, Leanne? Canoe paddles at sunrise and sunset. Amen. What helps you feel rested and renewed? Hike. Okay. Yeah. Naps, yeah, sitting by the pool, watching wild animals, yeah, <laughs> amen, yeah, time alone at night, looking at the stars, time to breathe, time to rest, time to take in the world. You know, rest is one of the prominent themes in our two scripture readings for today, rest as something that comes as a blessing after a season of travel, after a time of bearing a load, rest as a gift and as a grace, as a thing to restore and to refresh and to renew. Now, I imagine that many of the things that you just named offer that kind of renewal, especially if the timing is just right. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of trying to rest, though, when the timing was wrong. When you've been forced to sit still when what you really wanted to do was move or when you've been forced to move when what you really need to do is sit still and take a nap. When you've taken that long planned vacation, perhaps, but had deadlines and other things holding, hanging over your head the whole time you were away. Or maybe when the conditions of your Brakes somehow just didn't line up the way it needed to for true rest to take place. You had to spend your time off from work, tending to a problem, perhaps. Taking the car back and forth to the shop, watching a sick child, or what have you. We've all, I think, experienced rest gone wrong. Time off or time away, but where no true rest really took place. And all that begs a question, I think. What is true rest? What is the truest kind of rest that we all need? We sometimes think of rest as just stopping what we're doing, as slowing down, not doing much of anything at all. But as I said, that's not always so restful. Not always what our hearts and what our minds really need. Stillness of the body doesn't always translate to rest for the heart and mind. And so how do we find the kind of rest that we really need? The kind that is holy and restorative and renewing in a way that allows us to pick up and start again with fresh energy and enthusiasm for the life that God has blessed us with. In our reading from the book of Genesis for this morning, we read about this servant of Abraham who went on this long journey back to Abraham's homeland to go and find a suitable spouse for Isaac, Abraham's son. And usually, when this story is read, it's interpreted with an eye towards the main figure in this larger piece of Genesis for its contribution to the ways that the story of Abraham and Isaac are unfolding for its contribution to how God is going to fulfill God's covenant with the ancestors to bless them and to make their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore and to what it has to say uh, to what it has to say to everyone back home in other words rather than to the people who are present here in this story Rebecca and this servant of Abraham And indeed, this story does, in fact, contribute to the unfolding larger story in ways that are important, in ways that show us in real time the way that God often works through the most unlikely of channels and improbable events to carry out God's purposes. But that's reading this story through a wide angle lens. I want today to hear more carefully from the people that this story is actually about. The person that this story might say is most centrally about is this servant of Abraham who doesn't even really receive a name. He's just traveled several hundred miles on camelback with a job to do on behalf of his master. And before he left, he had to take a solemn oath to carry out this mission. I just want you to imagine with me for a moment the different ways in which this servant is ready for rest by the time he reaches his destination. He's probably physically tired and achy from having spent days and days and days on a journey on the back of a camel and nights away from the comfort of his own bed. He's probably looking forward to not drinking stale warm water from a skin anymore or eating victuals they could carry along with him on the back of a camel. He's tired of traveling and ready to be off the red, ready for a bath and a meal, and to check this part of his job off the list. But I imagine that he's not just ready for rest in that physical sense alone. Remember, he's come all this way with a job to do. He was probably thinking on that whole journey over about who he's going to meet how he's going to convince some strange young woman and her family, no less, to get her to come back with him and marry a man she'd never met before. He was probably thinking about his oath. And what if I'm not able to carry it out? I imagine that he would have been a bit anxious and a bit burdened mentally by this task, hanging over his head. And so when he arrives... There is both a physical burden as well as a mental burden that this servant is primed and ready to lay down. And there's nothing here guaranteeing that he's going to be able to have full closure on both at one and the same time. And in fact, just that, just that is the prayer that he prays, that that he'd meet right away. This person, Rebecca, who would at the same time give sustenance in the form of water to his body and to his camels, but also be that answer to the prayer that he prayed and to the reason that he came. And Rebecca's arrival, as we read this morning, turns out to be both. Here, I think, is an example of a person that has truly been graced, with a true and meaningful rest. His worry and his anxiety, as well as his physical journey, both come to a resolution at the same time, and he's able to set them aside and receive the blessing of rest. And what I want you to see most especially here this morning is that this servant's ability to truly rest and to truly receive now in a restorative way is dependent upon his ability to put all of his stuff aside for a while. Not keep them in the back of his brain somewhere, not sneak off in secret to take a call or wrap up one little thing from work, but to really put things aside both physically and mentally, to receive and to rest. You know, rest is just as much a spiritual discipline as it is anything else. Often it's rest, real, true rest, that allows us to recharge and reset so that we can get the most out of life and really be able to appreciate the gift that is life. Rest is a necessary part of spiritual well-being. Hear me on that. Rest is a necessary part of spiritual well-being, which is why Jesus himself would periodically slip up to the heights all by himself, away from the crowds, to take a few days to rest and to be renewed. And perhaps, I think, the real discipline part of this spiritual discipline of rest is that hard task of handing over. Fully handing over and laying down, such as we see in this servant of Abraham. I want you to listen again carefully to what Jesus says in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew this morning. He says this, he says, Come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Notice a couple of things about that with me. First of all, the invitation that's issued there is to people who are weary and heavy-laden, people who are carrying burdens that need to be let set aside in order for them to be refilled again. And the call to them, the gift to them, Jesus' command to them is to come and take rest. By implication, to lay down those burdens and to take off that burdensome yoke for a while. And notice that in order to receive the rest... They're, first of all, going to have to lay aside. Receiving the rest comes with laying aside. You know, I think a big obstacle that we often have to taking a true rest is that we all secretly like to cheat our rest, don't we? I'm as guilty as anybody else. I think we're often tempted by the possibility that the time we take to rest and receive could also be a time to get ahead. So that we, we cheat our rest by sneaking things in and never really putting our burdens aside. But the thing is that, that to receive this gift of rest for what it is meant to be, we really do need to lay the full burden aside. Physically and mentally. Rest as a spiritual discipline really does require yokes to be fully laid aside. That's part of the discipline. But listen to the second part of what Jesus is saying here this morning. Rest isn't just about laying down. It's also about taking up. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now that's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? That to find true rest, you would not only have to lay something down, but also take something back up. Once we lay our burdens aside, really receiving the gift of rest... We find that it also involves a real and proactive tending to our soul, not just a laying down, but as I say, a taking up of a new yoke, a new priority, a new way with Jesus that doesn't just wear us further down into the ground, but builds us and restores us to be fuller and more spiritually fortified and strong because of what the way of Jesus equips us with in our hearts through our times of rest. The rest that Jesus is talking about here today isn't just couch-potating, in other words. It's letting go in order to take up a practice that better sustains us and fills us with the fullness that is life. And can you see today, can you see that for Jesus, this sort of rest is really, really important. It's vital, in fact, for a functioning spiritual life. It's a critical part of our ability to fully receive the things that God intends to give. It's not just a nothing topic for a lazy summer sunday this is important for us that we lay aside in this way so that we can truly take up and so let this be a challenge and a call to us all in a summer season in which so many of us have intentions to rest first and foremost in our minds what kind of rest Will you take? Will you take the kind that you wish you had done more with when it's all over? Will you take the kind that doesn't do much to prepare you for what's on the other side of your break? Will you cheat your rest and miss it for the spiritual gift that it stands to be? Or will you take to heart today's lessons from Jesus and this servant of Abraham to really take an opportunity to receive and truly to be rebuilt in rest for the next leg of your journey. People of God, whatever your time of rest and renewal may look like this summer or in the coming year, perhaps, I pray that you really will receive it for the gift that it's meant to be, both in the laying aside and in the taking up. And all of God's people said, Amen.